Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining me on this Friday night. Uh, we'll be going live after the show. I've upgraded a few things in the show. We have a new monitor, which will help me balance some things in 4K, and I can bring it in higher resolution, and we can actually surf web pages together, which is going to save us a lot of editing time. So a good purchase. But let's talk about something more important. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Red Friday. Remember, everyone deployed. Every Friday, we should wear red until they all come home. Really important. And the third thing is I want to tell you a little story. I always try to open my shows with a story because I think it breaks the ice. God is sitting on his throne and he says, listen, I have been out of touch with earth for about five minutes. And in earth years, that's almost a hundred years. St. Peter, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go down and need you to find me someone who can explain American politics. And I need you to grab them and bring them up and help me. So St. Peter says, absolutely, your Lord, I, I, I will do as you're bidding. And he poof and he's gone. A couple days later, St. Peter brings back three uh, people. He brings back a Republican, a Democrat, and an Independent. And he has Ross Perot, he has Ronald Reagan, and he has Hillary Clinton. And the Lord stands up and he looks at Ronald Reagan and says, Mr. Reagan, you've been in heaven for quite some time. I can't believe I've never asked you this. I just have one question. Can you please explain to me what Republicans are about in American politics? I don't understand. And Ronald Reagan says, absolutely. Let me go ahead and tell you. We believe in small government. We believe in the privacy of the people. We believe in law and order. We believe in our individual rights, the Bill of Rights, our right to bear arms and our freedom of speech. And we believe in conservative spending. Lord, thank you. I happen to agree with you. I think maybe I'm a Republican and Ronald Reagan sits down and then he goes to the independent, which is Ross Perot and Ross Perot stands up and he says, Mr. Perot, can you explain to me what an independent is? And Ross Perot says, absolutely. It's very similar to what Mr. Reagan said, except that we like to work between the Democrats and the Republicans and help and bridge the gap and reach across the aisle in a bipartisan effort. We believe in the Constitution. We believe in privacy. We believe that man should be held accountable for law, but what they do in their own free time truly is only theirs to know. God says, that sounds good to me. Looks at St. Peter and gets a head nod. And then they get to Hillary Clinton. And before God can even say anything, Hillary Clinton has stood up with her arms across her chest and she is ready to speak. And the Lord says, well, I have never seen you here before, child. But um, Hillary, I would love to hear from you what you think. And immediately Hillary Clinton interrupts and says, hey, God, you're sitting in my seat. We'll be right back. No, I'm not a Hillary Clinton fan, and I think everybody knows that. She's not my favorite person on the planet. But I will tell you, I think it's interesting because that's what we're going to talk about today, the thirst for power in our government. And I plan on making this a, a couple of series of shows over the next month or so and going into why politics have always been corrupt. And our founding fathers understood that they would be corrupt and they were against political parties and we were not necessarily a democracy at any given time. The Greeks failed at it. The Romans failed at it. And several other smaller countries failed at democracy because in the end, man is corruptible. 
And unless a man focuses on the law and only the law, which protects them from being corrupt or exploited, you create open opportunity and conflict. If the only thing that they do is enforce the law, and that is their job to be impartial and to set those laws, create those laws, and enforce those laws, it is a much better form of government. But somehow we have moved into a democracy and out of that constitutional republic. And with that comes political action committees, lifetime senators, people who take advantage of the people. This is Matt with Don't Unfriend Me, and I appreciate you being here and stopping by today. If you would give me a like, share, and subscribe. I want to thank the dumb nation, the dummies. 500 likes, almost 600 follows on Facebook. We're growing fast. I really appreciate it. Once you hit about 1,000, it starts to take off. And I assume that this will be faster and faster and more overwhelming each week. And I just love it. and I can't wait for it. So thank you for your support. Thank you for sharing. And I would appreciate it if you would continue to do so if you like what you hear today. We give a good balance of everything. Some good, some bad on both parties. Um, Current events. Sometimes we talk about things that have nothing to do with politics. But either way, we hope you stop by and enjoy. You are the dumb nation. Whether you have liked us or not, whether you follow us once or you're here every single day, the dumb nation, the don't unfriend me's, are officially alive and well. We are not the deplorables. We are not the gun-grabbing, Bible-thumping people that were described to be as racist and xenophobic, but we can be dummies once in a while, and my job is to help us all get the truth. So with no further ado, we're going to talk about a gentleman today that some of you may or may not know. This is Joe Manchin, and he is a handsome devil. He's tan all year round. He wears a wonderful sport coat that happens to be Brooks Brothers. That's about a $350 coat. The tie is about $110. The shirt's anywhere from $150 to $175. The slacks are up in the $200s, and I promise he has shoes on that are probably Clark's. More than likely Clark's. He looks like a Clark's guy to me. So his shoes are a couple hundred dollars too. The man's got some money. He's in West Virginia, which is a predominantly red state. In fact, not one county went blue in the 2020 election. And this is probably the last time that Mr. Manchin is going to be in office. And I have to say, none too soon. I'm not a big fan of Joe Manchin, and there's a reason why. He likes to call himself a conservative Democrat which is about as an oxymoron as naval intelligence. A little joke for my old people in the uh, naval intelligence community. It doesn't make much sense. It's kind of like saying a baby-loving Democrat. It, it, it really doesn't go there, does it? Or a socialist-loving Republican. There's no such thing as a conservative Democrat. Now, you can say you have conservative principles, but all your policies are all about tax and spend. And very seldom is it focused on the middle class. It's focused on the bottom 2% and the top 2%. The top 2% are the people who make the money, which are usually the Democrats and the elite. And the bottom 2% just get poorer and poorer, which ultimately drags down the middle class and all Democratic policies, every single one of them. They never lift the middle class. They tax everyone in the deficit. And there's no way to tax into prosperity. It can't be done. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to bring in a video. I'm pretty excited to bring in this video, and I think it's going to go ahead and show you some interesting things about Manchin, and then we will go into his profile, and I'll tell you why he is lying to you. So let's do that right now. We're going to play Mr. Brett Barron, try the new display, and see how it works. Poof. I love it. Look at that. Full screen. 
It's not recorded and it is awesome. Here we go. Maybe. One of those is West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. He joins us tonight. Senator, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Brett. You know, a lot of focus now on those Georgia runoffs and potentially if it all adds up, Tom Tillis wins in North Carolina, Dan Sullivan in Alaska. It looks like those two races. Now, I want to be really clear here. Joe Manchin came on because everyone started talking about defund the police, the balance of power in the Senate runoffs what they were going to do in Georgia, and that ultimately he would be the linchpin vote, being a conservative Democrat who has flipped sides. And I'm not going to say that Joe Manchin hasn't actually worked across the aisle. He has on the things that are easy and make him popular in his state, gun rights, decreasing spending. But he did not help in the Affordable Care Act, and he was actually treacherous against that. He did help in Thomas Kavanaugh hearings, and he did vote for Thomas Kavanaugh, but he also slow rolled it for weeks and weeks at a time, empowering the Democrats and making them feel like they actually had a vote to not confirm Kavanaugh. He is a slippery, slippery weasel. I want you to watch how he responds to Brett Baer. I want you to watch how he speaks to Brett Baer. And more importantly, I want you to look how in 40 years, Brett Baer will look like Manchin. They are eerily alike. All right, let's watch and let's listen to him. And we're going to stop and watch this together. This could be the control of the U.S. Senate with a tie then going to Vice President Harris. Uh, what do you tell people about that and concern about that? Concern, consider okay, so a couple of things, mannerisms, pantomimes. I talk about them all the time. He's rocking back and forth like this. Now you can tell when somebody is doing forward and backward, that's a yes motion. When they're moving to the left and right, that's a no motion. So I want you to watch that first of all. Subconscious. He looks down and none of this is recited. This is actually, these are talking points. He doesn't believe any of this. He was provided notes because what he did is he went to Chuck Schumer and said, listen, I'm a Democrat, but I'm going to get destroyed in the primaries. I'm going to get blown away at the two-year mark, and I am going to get kicked out. I'm in an election year, and in 2022, I am going to be kicked out of West Virginia, and you're going to lose my seat. Let me go on. Let me go ahead and pretend. Let me go ahead and show everybody that I'm this moderate so I can get West Virginia to love me, that I won't pack the court, I won't defund the police, and I will never, ever, 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 ever trample the Constitution with my vote if it's 50-50. This is only a political move. He doesn't believe any of it. This man must be kicked out of office. He is right there with Blumenthal. He is right there with John McCain. He is right there with Mitt Romney. This man is not a good man. He is a Ralph Nader. If Ralph Nader is the penguin, this guy is the Joker. No, the Joker's too cool. He's the Riddler. He's Mr. Freeze. He's Catwoman. I don't know. But either way, he's a bad dude. So let's watch his mannerisms. All we've heard about the progressive agenda. Well, there's a lot of people that are concerned. There's a lot of fear tactics are being used right now, Brett. If both of the Georgia uh, senators were elected from the Democratic Party, uh, then that would be 50-50 if both Dan Sullivan and Tom Tillis win. 50-50 means there's a tie. Oh, my God. First of all, I mean, really, thank you, Joe, for coming on and explaining to us that 50-50 is a tie. I don't think anyone understood that 
you might want to slow it down and say it again. But if one senator does not vote on a Democratic side, there is no tie and there is no bill. So I commit to you tonight and I commit to all of your viewers and everyone else that's watching. I want to lay those fears. I want to rest those fears for you right now because. Okay, he's not going to rest anything because I am more nervous than I've ever been. He doesn't know any of these policies because he believes in the opposite. So he is going to read it word for word. This man couldn't even take a piece of paper before the interview and go, okay, defund the police. Okay. Okay. Expansion of, of the state systems. Okay. Uh, adding more electoral votes in our favor. Okay. Uh, 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 what else? What else? Uh, 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 taking guns. Yeah. Guns, guns. I don't want to take guns. He can't remember any of it. This man is as useful as a freaking toadstool on a stump. Has no idea about what Republicans want. Has no idea what his constituents want. And all he is trying to do is save face. He is trying to throw the Republicans a bone in his constituents. And then when the vote happens, he will betray us. I promise you... As, as as Susan Collins did, as all of the rhinos did, as John McCain did with the Affordable Care Act, it is absolutely in his DNA. It's all he knows how to do. He only cares about being reelected. Let's listen. When they talk about whether reading, packing the courts or ending the filibuster, I will not vote to do that. I will not vote to pack the courts. Okay, so when I want you to watch something. I want you to watch his head mannerisms. When someone believes something, they will do this subconsciously. Look at Kennedy. Uh, or look at George Bush. I will not raise taxes. He wasn't like, I will not raise taxes. He wound up raising taxes, but he believed he wasn't going to. Look at Donald Trump when he talks. His head is steadfast. Very It doesn't bobble. But he doesn't wave at you, no. He waves, yes. Kennedy did that. Bill Clinton did that. It's one finger in the hand and he pointed at you without pointing at you. This man has no conviction behind his words. He's reading it. So I think, and I will not vote to end the filibuster. Brett, this system, the Senate was so unique body in the world. It was made to work together in a bipartisan way. And once you start breaking down those barriers, then you lose every every reason that we are the institution that we are the most deliberate body so i want to lay those fears to rest that that won't happen because i will not be the 50th democrat voting to end that uh, filibuster or to basically uh, block, uh, stack the court and okay fine then this is what you do you sign a sworn affidavit that you will not do anything if you truly believe your convictions and your words then you sign a sworn affidavit to those words that you will immediately be expunged from office if you do. Why don't we hold these people accountable? Why doesn't his constituents get a petition going in West Virginia and ask for just that? A sworn affidavit, a contract, a writ, write it on a napkin. I don't care, but just get it notarized and stamped and get a witness. And then when this SOB crosses the line, and he backs up on his words that we have him time stamped and dated and we hold it up and say, you are officially impeached from office. He'll never do it. He will take it up to the wire. He will tell the Republicans, I'm on your side. And then he will screw us in the seventh hour, 11th hour. 
whatever the saying is. All the other things you're hearing about Brett also. All the other things you're hearing, all the other things, stall tactic. He knows what those other things are, but he doesn't remember which side he's on. He's going to go and look and read once again. Defund the police. I don't know of any of the Democrats in the caucus that are for defunding the police. Every Democrat is for defunding the police because AOC and the squad, which controls your party, is for defunding the police. And if you weren't for defunding the police, then explain to me why it happened in Oregon, why it happened in New York, why it happened in Minnesota, why it happened in Chicago. These are democratically run cities. It's going to happen in Virginia. It's going to happen in Maryland. California. Which Democrats are you freaking talking about, Joe? Because every single one of them that I know have defunded the police in one way or another and either taken away money or termed jobs or put enough political heat on our police force to make them quit, retire, and call out sick indefinitely because of your crap. Who are you kidding? Who do you think is believing what you're saying? Look at Brett Baer. He's just like, dude. This is a complete shill job. Of course they wanted to fund the police. Of course they want to put in some sort of government, federal-run police force for the states. They don't believe in the 10th Amendment. They never have. And the only time they do is when it protects them from, from getting in trouble for killing babies. Or if they want to go ahead and redraw district lines that are racially imbalanced. Or if they want to go ahead and take away certain laws for their city and create sanctuary cities, do they listen to the 10th Amendment? When it's for the people, they don't care. When it's for their power, they will expand upon it. They expunge anything else that has to do with the 10th Amendment. I'm fired up. I don't like this guy. We're not for that whatsoever. And when they talk about basic... Okay, boom, back, down again, reading more notes. And when they talk about... When they... Who's they, Joe? The Republicans that you're saying you're going to align with and you call them they? Why don't you just say the Republicans? When the Republicans say this, I don't understand because I won't. But you won't use their name. So you use pronouns because you're playing the pronoun game, which is another sign of deception. Uh, Medicare for all? We can't even pay for Medicare for some doesn't make any sense at all. We've got to fix the Affordable Care Act we have. Then why did you vote for it? And why did you go ahead and two-step President Trump and not stand on his side with the Affordable Care Act? Explain that to me. Riddle me that, Batman. Why did you make John McCain's vote the one that actually flipped it back in favor of the Democrats? Why were you for a mandate? Why were you for taxing the people and punishing them and paying for either health insurance that was too expensive or no insurance that was also too expensive? And I think our Republicans, moderate Republicans, will work with us to now repair what needs to be repaired. Let me just... What? How about the follow-up question? What do you mean what needs to be repaired? What specifically needs to be repaired with Obamacare? Explain it to me. He doesn't know. He has no idea. This guy is as useless as Kamala Harris. He doesn't know anything. He is a face, period. Clarify here, Senator. You're saying definitively tonight that even if Democrats take control and Chuck Schumer becomes the Senate. Little hiccup. Sorry, folks. To... Hold on. My email app opened up in the window. That happens. And it's uh, slowing me down. I apologize, everybody. Okay, let me close that so that does not happen again. All right, here we go. Listen to Brett Baer, what he says here. Break the filibuster. Say the filibuster is over. You will definitively vote against them. That they try 
to break the filibuster, say the filibuster is over, you will definitively vote against that. Watch his eyes. Watch his head. Watch. Sorry about the email app. Absolutely. I will vote against that. They have, I've been very clear about that. I'm the only... Look at his head. No. His mouth gets tight. His eyes get big. His voice lowers. There's no inflection. There's no conviction around his words. He is lying. Watch it again. About that. I'm the only Democrat senator that... I will vote against that is over you will definitively vote against that absolutely i will vote against that they have, i've been very clear about that i'm the only democrat senator that has voted against the filibuster which is what the nuclear option that harry reid did in 2013 and i voted against the uh, nuclear option when mitch mcconnell did it in 2017 for the supreme court i thought we should be working together it should take a minimum of 60 and that means you're going to have to have a few Democrats or Republicans, depending on who's in the majority, to work together. That's what we're all about. Why would you break that down? And there's no need to have the Senate. All right. So there's some Republicans who will say to you, I don't buy it. There's That's right. Too much pressure on you. Chuck Schumer is going to come hard and he's going to say, I'll give you a chairmanship of X, Y, Z. And they're going to come hard to get that vote. You voted some key votes against uh, Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation. You said you didn't like the process, if I remember right. Uh, you said she was qualified, but you voted against her. You voted against the $500 billion COVID relief bill. You so let's take a look at what he has voted against. And I really, Brett Baird drilled him on this, and I love that. Amy Coney Barrett confirmation. He said no. Why? Why would he say no? Because he has to go ahead and still appease the Democrats in some way. He has to be labeled as a Democrat, and he knew this was coming up. He knew defund the police was coming up. He knew ending the filibuster was coming up. So he spent his political capital early when he knew that the election would overdraw and drown this out, and ultimately that the Amy Coney Barrett confirmation was going to happen either way. So he rode the fence. The 500 billion COVID relief bill, once again, a no vote. Although he will spend money like a drunken sailor because he's a liberal, but no votes on the 500 billion COVID relief bill. Why? Because he stood pat with the Democrats because the Democrats needed that political capital against Trump. The Justice Act, he voted for yes. The USMCA, he voted for yes. But so did all the Democrats. The man votes Democrat. When it comes to the people, he always votes Democrat. Said it wasn't big enough, uh, but if you were a Republican, you would have voted for it. Uh, you voted for the Justice Act, the Tim Scott uh, bill, and for the USMCA. But and if I you're a Republican and you look at you... Neil, I, I mean, Brett, I voted for Neil Gorsuch. I voted for Brett Kavanaugh. I was against this process because never in the history of, our, of the United States of America have we ever confirmed a Supreme Court justice when a vacancy happened between July and November. And I've been very clear about that. I voted for Amy Comey Barrett for the 17th Circuit. I'm not going to break precedent. So if I can take that type of pressure, if I can vote for Brett Kavanaugh, the only Democrat, if I can take that type of pressure, you don't think that I can basically justify what I'm going to be doing and how I'm going to vote, knowing that I'm sitting in the seat that Robert C. Byrd held, who wrote the rules of the Senate? This is an institution and you that wouldn't has become to be a Republican. Oh, good you question. Need, whether, you're a Democrat. D, whether you're D or not, right? I'm a, I'm a proud, moderate, conservative Democrat. 
Maybe there's not many of us left, but I can tell you this country wants a moderation. This country, you run your life, you run your business from the middle, not from the fringes. And that's where I've always been. So for something, whatever the message was, it was wrong for this many people to be split, for us not to be able to have a message that didn't scare the bejesus out of people. And when you're talking about basically Green New Deal and all this socialism, that's not who we are. As a this guy went to Schumer and said, I need you to let me say that I am going to do these things. A, B, C, and D. Defund, Green New Deal, d destroy the Constitution, the filibuster, expanding the states. I need you to let me say it publicly so I can do this for the election. So when you bring this to the floor, I will vote for it. But you need to give me another four years to do that. So I can politically navigate those waters and bury it like I did ACB, COVID stimulus relief, the USMCA, and the Justice Act, and the vote for Kavanaugh. If this guy would just go ahead and say, listen, I don't believe in what the Democrats believe anymore. I'm going to be a Republican. He would be in for another 25 to 30 years, but he doesn't have a backbone because he pretends that he is a Democrat who's a conservative. There is no such thing. That is like saying that there's somebody who is a Ku Klux Klan member who is a lifelong member of the NAACP. It doesn't work. Democratic Party. It's not how I was raised in West Virginia. It's not the Democrats I know. But yet we've been tagged. If you have all a right. D by your name, you must be for all the crazy stuff. And I'm not. I'm going to play a soundbite here. This is you okay. talking about the Trump tax cuts and they were now the president-elect, <laughs> Joe Biden. Okay. The bottom line is the president started out the conversation. This is not a tax cut for the rich. Myself nor any of the one percenters are going to get tax cuts. Uh, this is going to be about mainstream, about us creating an opportunity, uh, stimulating this economy, being globally competitive. He does take advantage of the tax cut. That's why I'm going to eliminate the Trump tax cuts. So, as a Democrat, would you vote to eliminate the Trump tax cuts? There, there are some adjustments that need to be made. There's been adjustments all along that need to be made. I Political answer. Ultimately, the answer is yes. And if he did, then explain to me this. If he believed that the tax cuts were not beneficial and that adjustments need to be made for the people, then why did he vote against COVID relief? I'm waiting. COVID relief would have stimulated the middle class. It did. Why vote against it? If you're so for it, then if your point is the tax cuts benefit the rich, but COVID relief benefits the middle class and the poor, then why did you vote against COVID relief and you're also voting against the tax cuts. Which side are you taking? The middle income people, which represent what? Seven, eight percent of, of, of the United States? Not the freaking middle class, but the upper middle class. A very small demographic between the rich, super rich and wealthy to the upper middle class and the middle class, which is shrinking either into poor or poor. Which one are you for, Joe? This is, the, this is what you have to watch. This guy, there are so many like him in politics. But he is one of the most blatant.
I don't watch a little more. 21%. I said, Mr. President, please, for every 1% that you reduce from 35 down to 21, I says, 25 would be a great place for us to stop and would be very competitive in the superpower of the world. For every 1% of that, of the uh, uh, taxing, uh, it's $100 billion, Brett. $100 billion, yeah. corporate tax, 1%. And I said, sir, we can't give away that much. We still have obligation. Brett, as of this morning, we're over $27 trillion. $27 trillion of debt. Never before have we amassed this much debt. Yeah, and, and Obama was worth $12 trillion. George Bush was worth how many trillion? Bill Clinton was worth how many trillion? How many wars did we fight? Do you know what Donald Trump did? Yes, he spent $6 trillion. He absolutely did. Two of it was for COVID. The other two was to rebuild our military. The other two was your BS pork barrel stuffed down those two other bills that you put into it, that the Democrats snuck in in order to go ahead and provide Americans COVID relief, PPP, to bring our economy back, to build our military, our VA, and to get our nuclear determined back to a level that was not in the 1960s. So we couldn't have another Chernobyl incident. That other $2 trillion that Donald Trump added was Democrats. And you know it, and everyone knows it. Donald Trump spent money, but he was also taking his net positive. He never balanced the budget. That's absolutely right. And I believe he would probably be the first person in his second term to balance the budget. But you got to spend money to make money. And although I don't agree with spending $4 trillion, $2 trillion of it was absolutely a necessity with our military. And another $2 trillion was a necessity when you decided to lock down our government and make COVID a political situation versus a medical necessity that we could have handled differently. But what you did is you crippled our small business as always. You closed doors on restaurants and waiters and waitresses in the food service industry, which make up like 40 to 50% of the overall jobs for anybody under 28 years old. It is the number one profession for anyone under 30 years of age is waiting tables, small businesses, doing selling phones, selling computers, print and copies changing brakes and oil, haircuts, hair salon, the service industry, the customer service industry that you all shut down and crippled our economy and 40 million people were out of jobs. Give me a break. In this short of a time, other than World War II. So we've got to get our financial house in order and nobody has talked about that. Nobody, but That's we don't true. need to it race. It was not an issue in this election. Let me it ask was, you one last thing, yeah. Senator, and we yeah. appreciate your time. What's sure. the message to your party as you look at the split in the country? 71 million people plus said, we want Donald Trump's vision for the country. What's the message for your party that you take from this election? Well, the message from my party is that look at the, look at the individual, look at the people running, whether it be in Georgia, are they, do they understand the, uh, the farmers? They understand rural Georgia. They understand basically the health care needs of rural. I can't listen to this guy anymore. He's absolutely full of crap. He doesn't care about the farmer. He doesn't care about the people. If you look at his record, I'm going to prove it to you right here. This 
was added in the last few days. I took a screenshot of this last week when I knew I was going to do this show. And it says he vocally opposes policy proposals from the progressive wing of his party, including Medicare for all, abolishing the filibuster, increasing the number of justices on the Supreme Court and attempts to cut police funding. In foreign policy, he has repeatedly called for the withdrawals of American troops from Afghanistan and opposed most military interventions in Syria. Since 2017, Manchin has voted with Trump's position 52% of the time, the most of any Democrat in Congress. Yes, because it was politically viable for him to do so. It was advantageous. He just updated his Wikipedia before he went on Fox News. And that's what he was reading. Those three sentences in exactly the same order written on his Wikipedia and talked about them in the exact same order. Because I've got a screenshot of the Wikipedia from last week and it did not have that in there. This is what I'm telling you to open your eyes on. This is the stuff that isn't conspiracy theory. This is just good research and identifying that these politicians are lying. And the moment they open their mouth, you look for the three things I've told you about a hundred times. It's either about money, it's about power, or it's about votes. And if you think I'm crazy, here's our favorite senator, not him. Here's our favorite, wonderful House representative, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And I will tell you this. I don't hate this woman. I think she will be our saving grace because she is going to blow it up. She is going to blow up the Democratic Party as we know it. And good. Strap C4 on your chest and go to town, sister. Because she is absolutely creating a crap storm in that party. Senator Joe Manchin goes, defund the police, defund my butt. Oh, please. I'm a proud West Virginian Democrat. We are the party of working men and women. We want to protect American jobs and health care. We do not have some crazy socialist agenda, and we do not believe in defunding the police. And then Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez during the, I think this was the State of the Union, yes, when they all wore white and they went back to their Klan robes when they invented the Ku Klux Klan, Decided to show her glaring at him, which was fantastic. And I got to give her props, man. The woman has chops. She is going to eat him for lunch. She will campaign against him in West Virginia, and it won't do any good. But what she will do is stop his fundraising. She will touch every single Democrat she can in West Virginia, and she will turn them. Because Joe Biden will let her loose. This is going to be war. And this is just the beginning. It's not going to stop. You have Nancy Pelosi, who is probably going to be dethroned shortly. You have House seats in Georgia where they're going to pump a billion dollars into Georgia to try to get, not House seats, try to get the Congress and the two senators from Georgia to be Democrats so they can have a complete stacked forced mandate. This Georgia election is by far the most important thing that we can do. And I promise you this, the DOJ needs to get on top and look at dark money, find where the money's coming from, shut down that state's campaign financing, advertisements, no political ads, nothing. Shut it all down and let the American people decide and have them go to the voting booth and show up and decide between those two positions, Democrat or Republican, and then vote for Joe Biden or Donald Trump. This is stage one 
in what is starting to happen in the Democratic Party. They are starting to feed on each other. The sharks are starting to eat each other. Their barracudas are starting to eat each other. The piranhas are starting to eat each other. And we saw the same thing in 2014 when the Republicans did it with the Tea Party and the ultra-right and the conservatives that they started eating each other. And the people like Paul Ryan, who ran a shadow government inside the Republican Party and was resistant, is now gone. Jason Chaffetz is now gone. Trey Gowdy, who was absolutely against it, but stood with those guys, is gone. Good Republicans left, bad ones left. And the Democrats are going to start eating their young. But the problem is, is AOC and the squad is getting stronger and the old regime of Democrats are getting weaker. I will give Joe Manage, uh, Manchin that. There are no, no more moderate dom Democrats left. Keep an eye out, people. It's important. This was a long one. This isn't the end. This is just the beginning. It's about to get really fun in the Democrat Party. Subscribe, like, and share. I would appreciate it if you could throw me one of those. That helps us get stronger. It helps us get better. I would also appreciate if you could do me one other favor, which is reach out to the Veteran Crisis Hotline. If you see a veteran in need, if you see someone who needs help, please do me a favor. Reach out to the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255, press 1, and I promise you this, it'll be the best phone call you ever made. They will help. And if you are not a veteran and you find yourself needing some help, please reach out to the Veteran Crisis Hotline. That's it for me in the show tonight. It was a long one, but I do appreciate you sticking around. I will be live at 945. Thank you so much for everything. I will see you tomorrow. Be safe. Don't unfriend each other. And thanks for being a bunch of dummies.